Hey guys, Maria Menunos here. Before your favorite TV after show begins, we want to let you know about my new show on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. It's called Conversations with Maria, and it's live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Go to conversationswithmaria.com for more info. Buzz you later. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, sleepyheads! <laughs> Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV Sleepy Hollow After Show. It's been an extremely long hiatus, guys. Just the 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 answer that these are horse hooves. It's just like Monty Python when they're doing the coconut thing. That's terrible horse hooves. Anyway, (laughs) all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host. I'm your host, Zach Wilson. Uh, this is the episode, this is for episode nine of season three, One Life. And we're talking Sleepy Hollow here. One Life. You can tweet at me throughout the week, throughout the show at that Zach Wilson. Now let me introduce you to my fantastic panel, who's back again, Jackie Borowski. Hey guys, I'm back. One, two, three, Jackie B. Boo. And I'm Steven. Lemieux. 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 Tweet right. us at uh, Steven Lemieux. You know? Yeah, and make sure to uh, subscribe on iTunes, go on to YouTube, hit the subscribe button on the channel, hit the thumbs up button, all that stuff. Lots of lots of ways that you can support us. Make sure you do them all. Let's get into this episode, guys. So we're back from that big cliffhanger of Abby Mills wandering into the hell tree. Oh my gosh, I have to I have to read my note because I I wasn't on the last two episodes, so I didn't really get to give my opinion. And I was too lazy of a mofo to write it online, which I said I would do, and I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, my entire my entire thought process while watching those two episodes, this was just this is the only thing I thought of at the end. Uh, Abby didn't even need to go into that tree. Seriously, she could have just thrown it in, and everything would have been fine. Guys, guys, yeah. guys! Military dictates and trains people that if you have a live grenade and there's a tree, you go in with it. Okay. No. Yes. Yeah, I'm no, sure it's not that in there. is not a that thing. Is but anyway, military handbook 101. That is not a thing. <laughs> the tree will protect you as long as you have a grenade with you. <laughs> that is not a thing. Well, she didn't even need to do that. Yes, that was it, useless. It, it was frustrating that she went in there, but she did. And now, basically, this episode was everybody misses Abby. Yes. Um, and that was basically the the, the in one sentence. This was, that was this episode. You know, I thought I would be annoyed because. Um, Abby's my favorite character, obviously, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be annoyed having an episode without her in it. I mean, yeah, she was in it for like 0.25 seconds, um, but I actually wasn't annoyed at all. I, I thought I thought they handled it very well without having their main character, one of their main characters, on the show. So I think they handled it very well. Yeah. Overall, what did you think of this episode, Zach? You know, there's some stuff that I liked and some stuff that I didn't. Um, I'm not I. Abby being gone frustrates me, right? Um, because this is this is Abby's show, right? Right. Um, that was the feeling that I had, <laughs> and and without her, it feels like the last few seasons of The Office. Hey, Zach, when they took Mulder off the X Files and replaced him with Agent Doggett, all right, those are still strong seasons. 
Uh, well, look, I mean, they could do some some good stuff. I I'm not sure. Like, here here's the. I had I I really liked Jenny and Joe's storyline. Mm-hmm. Yes. In this, um, and I but I had some issues with. Uh, uh, Agent Foster's. I actually story really line. like Agent Foster. I really, I well, mean, she's no Abby, like she's no Abby, but I think she brings a different dynamic to the group because we have, now that we're in the third season, our core group of people all are heavily into into this mythological base. They they all understand the, they all understand that there are demons, that they're real. They all understand the mythology. So we don't have anybody that. Is kind of representative of the outside world anymore. But do we? Here's my question: though. Do we need that? I think it's kind of. Um, I mean, you watch Grimm, yeah. and and um, I guess in Grimm, you kind of have this weird thing where you have the main guy in the police force is is already um, he's he's basically in on everything. So if they didn't have that though like how else would would um you have the main character explain that he has to go and fight these demons or he has to go and do this thing and that you kind of had that in the first season when they didn't really understand um that the main like the main guy was was um one of the creatures i guess so so it's interesting because you do have to deal with these people who ha- who don't understand that the demons are a thing and I and I like that they're addressing that because because you're going to run into problems and this it well, was very realistic. But that's, to me. Well, that's the thing is like we've gone through those motions of dealing with people who didn't know about it, and now that the audience is familiar with it, we're familiar with it, and the act the characters are familiar with it. I kind of want just the whole show to be familiar with it. I prefer once a show like this gets deeper into the story, I'd rather this, that the world just embrace that this is a thing because it becomes a point where, like, how many different little shops have they gone into now? That's with true. the with, where they just like happen to specialize in magical artifacts. You and, want and you here, want well, what happens? You want what happens at the Buffy prom when they start talking and the and the and the kids in the audience are like, "We dealt with demons and monsters," and everyone's like, <laughs> "Apparently, everyone just knew that this was a thing." Well, because here's my thing with with Sophie, and I guess we'll just get into her. It, it, it's Sophie Foster, right? Am I wrong on that? I don't know. I was calling her Agent Freckles for the longest time, and then I just realized her name was Agent Foster. So yeah, it's, first, it's we're Sophie. not first same yet. Thank you, chat roll. Uh, <laughs> um, but so my my issue with Sophie is she was working for a guy who specialized in these magical artifacts for she was undercover with him for like six months. That's true. She didn't see any magical stuff go on around him, or like buy into the fact that these people like are 100% serious about these magical things. It does sound like, now that we know that her parents um, were probably, like, kidnapped by demons, um, it does sound like she's in this, like, I want to believe position. And so she was probably, she probably actually, like, was was doing the job that she was doing so that she could, that, that she could confirm to herself that this yeah. was real. It's just a simple perception filter. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. No, I, I I like her character. I think I think it's a good dynamic because I think we're getting too much of a repeat of every season coming back to okay, these are the two witnesses. They have to go through trials and tribulations, but we make all these tribulations so grandiose that to kind of keep that same storyline would get old. 
Like, oh, the world's going to end. Oh, they stopped the world ending. Oh, the world's going to end. Oh, they stopped the world ending. Oh, Moloch's a real baddie. Okay, they killed Moloch. So what do we do now? Like, splitting them up is actually, I think, the smartest thing the show's done since season two began. Because we, we've kind of gotten used to them together so much that creating a new dynamic and bringing in new characters that will cause disturbances when Abby comes back. Because, like, you look at now, you have Jenny and you have Joe getting really close together, and then you have Abby getting close with this girl that... Alright, sorry, you have uh, Ichabod getting really close to this girl, Foster, that Abby's not a fan of. So when Abby comes back eventually, how is this going to fracture the team and what's going to happen? So I don't know that he's actually getting close to Foster other than, like, agreeing to work with her. But at the same at the same time, I do like, as much as I was annoyed by the uselessness of the storyline, whereas Abby didn't actually have to go into the tree, she could have just thrown that medallion thing in there, um... I do like that they split them up because it 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 creates that kind of conflict that we care about. Mm-hmm. Because as audience members, here's something we actually care about. You know, yeah. there were so many plot lines where I was like, just don't care, just don't care. And now I'm like really invested. I'm like, no, now they have to get Abby back. Now I ship Ikafi. Ikafi. Ikofi. Yeah, Ikabod and Sophie. No. Sokabod. I ship I ship Sophie and Reynolds. They have like a chemistry going on. No, that's Abby and Reynolds, man. I think Sophie and Reynolds have a better chemistry. Personally, I'm not sh- other than other than Jenny and Joe. I'm not shipping any combination of people on this show right now. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to news and gossip. Um, Zach just ships whoever the show tells. I'm him shipping to ship. the Super Bowl with beer. No, I just I just don't I just don't feel like there is a a solid connection or a reason to have like a a big love interest between any major characters besides Jenny and Joe. Yeah. I, I mean, but but here's the thing. Here's my thing with with, with Abby being gone. Mm-hmm. Is that it we know you didn't we know she's not dead. Right. Well, she's the main that. character of the show. She's not dying and to Spend an, even an, even a whole episode trying to play us with that idea feels like you're just wasting our time. Well, in an article though that they that um, one of our fans tweeted to me, there was an interview with the showrunner, and they were thinking of delaying the reveal that Abby was in that other realm. Oh, thank until, God they did it until the next episode. And he was like, "I realized we just needed to put it in there because we need to tell the fans that she's okay because that." She's the fan favorite. She is the stand-in for us. So if people didn't know that she was okay, they would be like, okay. But see, this is my problem with her even going into the tree. Is that again, like, we know she's gonna be fine. So just embrace the fact that we know she's gonna be okay and use that. Like splitting them up is great because that's a interesting dynamic. But let's well, fo- kind of let's just follow you for her. A story line, yeah. Let's just follow her in the same episode to see them both struggling with it instead of splitting that up. I think that would be a way more interesting way to tell this story. I was actually, you know, part of me was annoyed because I was actually thrilled with the idea of like a ghost Abby trying to reach out to Ichabod. Mm-hmm. And so it was really annoying to me that it just turned out to be some like Japanese the ring demon. No, it turned out to be one of the one of the things from Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Literally, like the makeup, the eyes, everything was. Spot I was on. just, I was just annoyed because I, I really like that idea of Ghost Abby trying to make a connection with them. I and think so, there's still going to be that. I don't think we're going to lose that. I think setting up, setting up this way kind of makes it more interesting because now that if she does try to reach out, it's going to be more. They're going to be more skeptical, that's and true. it might create a little bit of suspense and drama as to whether they'll actually help this ghost that's reaching out to them. That actually is Abby. 
So I mean, I think I think it's smart to to lay the bait there and put a trap in there so that next time the bait's set, they're a little bit more skeptical. Because it would have been too easy. Oh, run in the mirror and then pull out Abby. All right, great. Back to where we were at the yeah. beginning of the season. I did like that fake out. That like that like Ichabod got it wrong and ended up being lured in by a demon. Um, that that rang very true to me because like there is all this magical evil stuff around and like he's re- he's grasping at straws trying to get her out and like. He can't he got even it. make lasagna. He got it wrong. He puts the frozen <laughs> lasagna in a pan. It's going to come out frozen in the middle and burnt on the outside. Those are my Sorry, favorite, Ichabod. Those are my favorite Ichabod moments when he's still trying to deal with contemporary times. And I was like, it says microwavable in large letters, Ichabod. Somebody come. said... Oh, sorry. Come, come now. Somebody in the chat said that maybe the ghost was Bloody Mary. Because you look in the mirror and say it three times and like the mirror is the portal for the demon. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I think this is based on a real Japanese type of demon. It did feel, it did feel, there was like a moment where I flashed to uh, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Because like the Japanese demons, like that's what they look like. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and it's like The Ring or any other American remake. We've I haven't ever seen the Japanese original, but it's like American remakes of the Japanese horror films. I don't know where you guys are getting Japanese from. I didn't get that at all. They said, they said Japanese the vengeance episode. demon. That's the oh, that's, okay. they literally <laughs> named it in a in, in a nago nayo. Oh uh, yeah, because that's why the symbol was a pagoda. And yeah. then and then we got like probably my favorite moment in the episode where they got pretty cool tattoos from the whole thing though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my favorite moment Friendship in the episode tattoo. is when when Sophie's besties when Sophie's telling him about it and she's like, yeah, they the demon pretended to be Abby to lure you in there because they know that's it knew that's what you wanted. You got catfished. Yes. I love <laughs> yeah, that, right? too. I love that. He's like, if that means this, blah, 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 then okay. <laughs> but I I do love that. I love those. I'm, I felt like in the last couple of episodes, we had less of those, like, Ichabod fish out of water moments. And I just <laughs> I just love the reminder that we have those. Yeah. And I, I liked, even, even though I'm not the hugest Betsy Ross fan, I did like that there was a flashback and... It seems like they're trying to blend these flashbacks with what's happening in contemporary times. Yeah, we got, there's a lot of great Ichabod moments in this episode. Um, like just like cute little things, like him struggling to deal with Abby being gone from like from having to deal with a new partner, having to search all this stuff on his own, and making a lasagna. Um, but you know what Ichabod could have done that would have been way easier than making lasagna? Is there he like somewhere he could call? He could have. Like... He could have just subscribed to Blue Apron. Um, <laughs> I just want. Sorry, I just want to take a moment. Sorry for that horrifying transition. Um, but I want to take a moment to you guys. Like we bring you this show every week for free, and we were, were able to deliver it to you via YouTube, via iTunes, via SoundCloud, all these different places at no charge. And part of how we do that is with our fantastic sponsors. Blue Apron this week is one of is one of our sponsors, and Blue Apron is a great place. It's this awesome service that will just send you prepackaged but not but not pre cooked meals that you can make yourself. Um, and you 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 need to know how to cook to to survive through I've life. Actually, you can't I've just had, put a frozen lasagna in a pan and expect to eat it. I've had friends do this kind of service, and they've had a blast. They've just had a blast with it because it's it's fun to have the ingredients set out before you and you're making a meal together. Well, like, my yeah. whole thing is, like, I work so much that when I come home, I don't have time to go to the store. I don't have time to shop for all the various things. It's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna, let's say I'm going to make a lasagna. 
Okay, where do I start? I go to the store. Okay, I get noodles. I get beef. I get sausage and cheese. And I have to go everywhere in the store. you always have to buy too much. Well, there, here's no, but the, you like have to go to the store in every part of the store to get one piece of it. And then you're like, okay, great. One meal done. Now what am I doing for the rest of the week? Or am I eating leftovers for the entire week? So, I mean, it's I, always that's, out of, if this you go is to the, the store, beauty, it's out of proportion. This is the beauty of Blue Apron. For less than $10 a meal, Blue, Blue Apron will deliver all of these fresh ingredients right to your door. Uh, and then you just follow easy step-by-step directions that can be done in 40 minutes or less for every meal. Um, it, there's, it's not... You don't have to deal with crazy trips to the grocery store. You don't have to deal with takeout and delivery fees and for every single meal you're going to make. All that stuff. And that's um, a good price. And no matter what your preferences are in terms of diet, per- allergies, all that, Blue Apron has you covered. Just a, just a couple of the things that you can order from them that people have gotten in the past. Sloppy Joe's and roasted steak fries with kale and carrot salad. Shrimp and pineapple fried rice. Chicken scallopini with, bro- with roasted broccoli and wh- whole wheat farfalla. I hope I'm pronouncing all these things right. Warm kale salad and delicata squash and pearled farro. I'm definitely not pronouncing all of that right. <laughs> with pomegranate seeds and ricotta salata. You know what I have all to that say to stuff. that? One word. America. America. That's right. Um, cook with ingredients that you've never used before, like watermelon rashes, purple potatoes, which I've never even seen. Um, let alone they're eaten. They're from purgatory, um, I think. And, and the best part is all the recipes are between 500 and 700 calories per portion. Um, it's delicious, good for you, and it's really easy to use. So here's the best way to do it. You go on to blueapron.com slash podcast. One more time, blueapron.com slash podcast, and you can get uh, your first two meals absolutely free and it helps us us out at AfterBuzz. it really does help so thank you guys for listening to the to the to our talking about blue apron and so one more time blueapron.com slash podcast two meals for free now let's get back to this ichabod, ichabod yeah. should really do this ichabod would be so it would be so good for it's ichabod. like if you, are, <laughs> if you if you if you jumped into a tree with a grenade as the guidebook says you should um and you don't have time to go grocery shopping because you're stuck in hell or wherever you are, you know, Blue Apron will still deliver food to you. That's you're true. good. Yeah. All right. Abby should have looked out ahead for Ichabod and, like, had this ready. And Ichabod yeah. would be amazed that you could just have food delivered to you yeah. like this. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. <laughs> all right. Back into Sleepy Hollow. Um, all right. So, in this, like, I, I want to take a second to talk about just everything that's going on with, like, the, by the end of the episode with Sophie and Ichabod. How do you guys feel about them as a team? I feel, I mean, I don't feel like actually, I feel like there's there's an understanding there where they're getting to know each other, but I don't see Sophie and Ichabod necessarily as a team, but I see Sophie as joining our core team of people. I see Sophie as like the Frank, Frank Irving. How how is she the Frank Irving? Because she's related to the... No, because she's just the, she's the police force that is skeptical yet forced to believe something that they oh, okay. didn't yeah, think was real. But she that. doesn't have like a linchpin, like a family to hold her back. So I think it'd be interesting to see where her character goes. I mean, do you? I, I honestly don't think she's going to survive past this season. But I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. I think she brings a, an interesting dynamic in the sense that. Um, she seems to be less emotional and more no nonsense, and all of our core people are emotional, all of them, in yeah. one way or another. Yeah. I mean, you have Joe, who is in love with Jenny. Jenny is very has a lot of anger inside her. Abby seems to be like a very mothering presence where she wants to take care of everybody. Ichabod cares so much for Abby. You have one person that 
doesn't really have a stake in any of this, but is still willing to fight with them. So I find that interesting where she doesn't kind of have like an emotion in this, but she's still she's still doing it because it's the right thing. Well, and she's not sleeping with Reynolds, which is great because then she could probably convince Reynolds instead of him just being really kind of a dick to her. Like he was to Abby. Why should anybody be sleeping with his, their no, boss? No, but I mean, like, since Abby has that history, if she tried to explain anything, he'd just look at it as an excuse. But now that you have Sophie on their side, could probably make it a little bit less vitriolic if talking to Reynolds about all this stuff. He might be, he might be more likened to believe um, Sophie about supernatural stuff than he would Abby at this time. I think the yeah, other, I mean, pr- the we- other problem with Abby though is like Abby's so invested in. Um, in the supernatural and she has such a high role as a witness that it's it's almost easier for her to say okay I'm going to leave behind my career because the end of the world is more important versus somebody like somebody like Agent Foster who doesn't really understand that's happening so she's probably more like my job is more important you know well Ichabod says something in this episode to her which I think she'll call back to in future episodes it's just a thought prediction um and he says, just because you're not aware of the things doesn't mean they can't still hurt you. That's true. So, I mean, if you were, like, if you were honestly an FBI agent for 10 years doing undercover stuff and then suddenly found out about this stuff, you would probably be, like, so far into it. Like, holy crap, this is actually interesting. You'd be like, oh, my God, this is awesome and terrifying and awesome but terrifying. And generally, you join the FBI as we're starting to see that she does, like, to help people to save... Save the world in right. like in smaller ways, but now like no, you could literally save the world, right? Um, and so I, I'm I'm interested to see where she goes. There was one point where I'm I, I'm sorry, I have to call it out when she's acting like anchor to Ichabod. Did they did you notice Jackie that she's wearing heels? No, I when didn't. She, I didn't. When yeah, they, when they, I was like, why would you, you didn't <laughs> prepare oh, yeah. for her when all, she's did getting you? dragged to into the mirror? She's wearing heels. No. Well, they didn't even anchor it on anything either. I actually now I'm now I'm remembering that scene, and yeah, it's just they do this though to all kinds of like women in police force positions. It's like they're trying to make like a a, a more like casual uniform look quote unquote sexy, and it's like they don't do that to the guys. So why are you doing that to the women? And oh, by the way, it's not realistic to expect a woman to be running around doing police work in high heels. Yeah. Uh, and it's not re- it's not reasonable to expect a woman to run around away from a T-Rex wearing high heels. Jurassic Just saying World. Jurassic World. Okay. <laughs> Moving on from Sophie. Um, others, lots of other stuff to talk about. Uh, Jenny and Joe are off searching for a 19th century Russian map. Um, that's gonna, that's, that's Jenny's thought of how they can potentially find Abby and get her back. Can I just um, can I just yeah. ask about this? I mean, we don't have to recap everything Jenny and Joe did because everyone's watched the episode, I'm assuming. So everything just leads to she thinks Joe dies and that kind of sets her off where she finally opens up to him and she's like, I just don't want to be left behind by another person I love. And we're like, the L word! And then suddenly they're making out. Does this feel a little bit fast to you guys? Does this kind of feel right on pace if a month had gone by? On, on pace, especially when there's trauma, you tend to dive a little deeper into relationships. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner because I thought they were both living together in that trailer. So it's like mm, you're both living together in that trailer. You both seem to have really good chemistry. Like I'm surprised you didn't bone her. Was it supposed to be that they they hooked up? They ha- that was the first time they hooked up. Yeah, like I, I think, think that's so. like the first time oh. they kissed. Yeah, which Whoa, was didn't a, we see them kiss? We saw them kiss earlier. In another episode, like yeah. one one or two episodes before this one. Yeah, so like. 
Oh, I don't remember that. They definitely have already kissed. It's just like she was pushing him away or keeping him at arm's distance. Like she didn't want to hurt him they or get when hurt. She, when they found out she had that like stone inside her and she was getting sick, and yeah. then he like he was by her bedside. Yeah, because it was the whole parallel. Like he's like, yeah, Ichabod, you gotta like go after who you love. Mm-hmm. Tina Terrell in the chat says, "I'm not all about Jenny and Joe. They're like siblings." I don't see them like that. They, well, I I, in they it, have like a foster like, father. Yeah, they, like in a more literal sense. Oh. Like, but that was Abby. Abby was really, um, what's his name? Corbin. Yeah. What was his first name? Joe. J- no. Or, just Sheriff Joe? Corbin. Sheriff, Sheriff Corbin. Corbin. Yeah, Sheriff Corbin was more of a father to Abby, more less of a father to Jenny, I think. But well, no, because then we found out. No, because then we found out that he was working with Jenny and doing all yeah, that supernatural thing. So he, yeah, it is kind of siblingish. Hey. If it worked in Wuthering Heights, it can work here. They had, they had, they both shared like she like a, a dad in a we in a way, but like, look, they're not actually brother not and actually sister. Brother and I, sister. They don't have that kind of it's vibe just like the way Wuthering that Heights. Abby and Joe have a very much brother sister relationship. August, Corbin. Yeah. August, August yeah. Corbin. That man's first name is Sheriff. His first uh, name is Month. Uh, um, uh, I'm Month Corbin. Nice to meet you. But yeah, so I don't, I don't think it's weird that they're together. Um, I like them together. I like this storyline. Uh, if, if, if only like the fact that it's like something we've seen a little bit consistently from them. I'm excited to see where those two characters go. I, I liked when they're like, uh, what, what was it they said? Uh, I, I want to see the adventures of. Uh, I want. I want to know all about the adventures of Jenny Mills. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I want to watch that show. I right? do. I do. That is actually. I think that show's called The Librarians. It's already on uh, US. <laughs> I think though, if they did flashbacks, I would love to see flashbacks of Jenny's life as kind of like a rogue, um, rogue artifact. Hunter. Yeah. Would you like to see that over Ichabod and Betsy Ross? Um, if it means we're getting rid of Betsy Ross. Yeah. yeah, so we got more, a little more out of Betsy Ross this week. Again, I liked and, this. And she was, it, this was fine. Like, it, liked, was a, it was a it great was comparison. It was outfit appropriate. Yeah. It was a period appropriate outfit. It, this was the first time the flashbacks really made sense, made sense of the story where it's like, okay, yeah. you're dealing with somebody who's on your team, a partner who you're close with that you have to let go. Like, you have to realize that without them you still have to continue that mission yeah and i think that's something that we haven't had from this show before is that they were so dependent on each other that without abby there was no fighting crime and fighting monsters and without ichabod there was no fighting crime fighting monsters so now that it's abby's gone you have to realize you're still a witness you still have these duties to perform keep going forward i think that was a good point to lead us on to where this season's gonna go and I do have to say, with all the demons going towards Sleepy Hollow, I don't think Frankenstein can resist the call of Pandora. Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that in, in uh, a little later. Uh, trust me, we will. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so... Uh, I also, I yeah, think let, it's a real life lesson, too, though. It's like you're fighting a battle. You have to realize that if you're fighting a battle and someone gets captured... You have to decide, okay, do we sacrifice a whole bunch of people, other people, to get this person, or do we cut our losses and say that person is going to be sacrificed for the greater good? And that's a, like, that's a real world question that people struggle with today. It's the same question they're dealing with with, um, th- this guy Bergdahl, 
that they're talking about. It's like they you had all these people going out and searching for him, and it's like, is it worth the time and the resources to search for one person? Versus, like you were thinking, like she was saying, is it worth it for us to go and sacrifice ourselves to save this guy or to just let him go and realize we have to continue with our mission? Well, it's the same, it's the same moral dilemma that government deals with every day, with sending soldiers or even drone strikes. Where it's like, yes, innocent people get involved, but if you let the people go free, how many other people are they going to murder and kill? So it's like, it's, it's a moral question that, you know, there's no right answer to it. Because very easily you could say that if Ichabod had saved um, Hale, Nathan Hale, then that could have turned the tide of the war in some way or another and could have made the war end sooner. But you can't weigh a miracle on a chance. Like you can't, you, when the chances say 90% there's a 90% chance that if we save him, all of our agents over here will be found and die and killed versus that 10% of, okay, we save him and everything turns out fine. It's like, who's going to take that bet? Like who's yeah. really going to make the bet on a hundred people's lives? Yeah. Um, and I think they, they needed to realize that for Ichabod to stop dicking around for a month looking for Abby. It's like, okay, you tried to find her. You didn't find her. Move on. If you can find her, you'll find her. Yeah, and we got the we got this um this nice little historical drop from uh with Nathan Hale. Um Th- those it, were it was, actually listed as the last words. That yeah, that's ve- it's a very famous quote and like th- that for anyone who's who's not aware, Nathan Hale is a very real person who got caught as a spy trying to gather intelligence in New York. Twenty one years old. Yeah. Um and he was hung up. By this, by the neck, and uh, yeah, his last words. I my only regret is that I have but one life to give for my country. He was like the Pierce Brosnan of spies. He does two or three James Bond movies, <laughs> and then is out. But you remember him. But you remember. Him. <laughs> <laughs> he was on a stamp, people. He was on a stamp. Um, not, not good enough to be on a on a on a bill. Yet Andrew uh, Jackson is on a bill. So then we go to Pandora and the Hidden One. Yeah, Pandora and the Hidden One, a.k.a. Can Pandora's we, abusive boyfriend. Yes, AKA, it bothers me so much that she's with this guy, because I'm like, A, clearly Pandora is super-duper powerful and doesn't have to be with him, and all the time he's like, you suck and it's your fault, and if this goes wrong, I'm going to beat the crap out of you, which is not exactly what he said, but the vibe I'm getting. This is like Chris Brown. This is like Rihanna getting back with Chris Brown. It's like you resurrect okay. your dead boyfriend who was abusive because you're like, you know what? Things weren't that bad. Let's bring him back to life. Things were as bad as I remember. Well, it's like she's doing everything she... I Beyond just disliking him, like, in terms of, like, within the show, I don't like this choice. Like, that because, like, Pan- they had built Pandora as this very interesting villain Such a for the badass. first half of the season. Such a badass. And then just yeah, overshadowed she immediately. She was throwing monsters at people, and, like, she had, like this box of evil. It was very interesting. It was very cool. There was a lot of different directions they could have taken it where this was going to be a very interesting character. And part of me is really annoyed that he's saying like, he's like, oh, this is all your fault and you suck at doing things. And I'm like, she doesn't though. She's really, really good at like conjuring demons and being a badass. So I don't understand. Pandora, I made it really easy for you. All you had to do was find that eye and wander about for 5,000 years (laughs) And then find somebody who can put it together with this other thing to resurrect me and, and make sure the witnesses like, don't get involved. It was step by step. It was like a brew apron recipe. <laughs> and she like bathed him and took off his right? gross mummy clothes. I mean, come on. I yeah. like the like I like the the mummy Anaxunyaman kind of comparison you can make between the characters, but I really feel that they kind of dumbed down her power because of him. Yeah, I don't but like it. But I think that 
I mean, if you really, if you look at it from a writer's standpoint of what they're probably doing, they're just making her a little bit more hesitant to be on his side later on in the end game. Or they're trying so if, to bring in an after school special. Oh god. No, but I just mean she's more likely to switch sides later on if he keeps this up. I think that's her redemption is as Maybe, a character. Her but redemption. I'd rather she just be evil. No, I don't mean she's gonna be switching sides and that she's gonna help Ichabod and Abby. I mean that she's gonna be switching sides and that she's stealing all his power, killing him, and then becoming the big bad instead of him. Alright, I, I would love to see that. Because um, right Someone now in I'm our not... chat role actually said they think that Pandora's gonna end up being the main evil character. Yeah, that'd be great. Him. That'd be I great. Would, I, I mean, she, she should. Yeah, I mean, she's a series regular. This, this uh, They made her into a series regular. And they um, saved money on the voice modulation. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, um, all right. Um, any other thoughts on this episode or like favorite moments, guys? Maybe Ichabod riding a motorcycle, being a badass at the beginning. That I mean, that was pretty cool. But I I like the lasagna moment. I mean, that's one of yeah. my favorites. I also liked. I mean, I was so excited for Ghost Abby that I liked those ghost moments until I found out. Yeah. It was not ghost are we Abby. to assume that the the face in the tree was the ghost, or are we to assume that was something related something to else. Abby? I yeah. assumed that that was somehow Abby, um, but we'll, let's talk about that when we get into predictions. Yeah. And before then, I want to talk some news and gossip. Marissa might be watching the halftime. Yeah, game. let's do it. News and so, gossip. News here. and gossip. <laughs> okay, so um, two things over the over the break. Um, I, Jack, you and I have to discuss this Sorry. because I, I think it just the fans will riot if we don't. The showrunner, um, I don't have his name in front of me because Clifton. Campbell, maybe. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, tweeted when at or like in an interview, not tweeted, said in an interview um, that he absolutely thinks that Ab- that Ichabod is in love with Abby. And I, for those of you listening at home, Jackie is doing a little dance. I'm sorry, I'm doing a little like dance thing. Yes, it could be shippers are also are just we're just dancing it's in the streets. Clear, though, I mean, I think though. I think it's clear that's the direction they're taking it. I mean... Yes. I mean, at this point, like, yes, that's where they're taking it. I still don't like it because it means that, like... What I loved about their relationship, the first, like... Especially in the first season and the second season of the show, was that it was these two people who, like, were polar opposites. They were... It was a man and a woman. And that they could be best friends and partners and truly like go forward without having to like fall in love with each other because it's a trap that so many shows fall in that don't just let two characters be friends and partners i think so i, I think mean, we need a bones crossover that would really come we need another those, bones crossover, compare those two really. characters yeah no um i think that i think though that um you also have to to include the the variables that'll happen when you're casting. So when they casted this role, they probably didn't know that there was going to be such insane chemistry between the two main actors. You never know. It's like you can screen test someone and be like, oh, they get along. But there are some roles where people just keep coming back and back and back. And I mean, I know you guys hate me for mentioning Buffy, but Spike and Drusilla were supposed to be killed at the end of season two. They they lasted all at least Spike lasted all through the end of the Buffy series. Spike still running around the comics. I yeah, mean, Aaron Paul, a- Aaron Paul in Breaking Bad wasn't supposed he to was make supposed it past first Yes, season. but yeah. and that's the thing is, although I love their dynamic, I never felt like there was a, a, Rom- romantic. a romantic connection between the two of them. And doing it now feels forced to me. 
I don't know. I mean, I think, like, I know you feel that way, but there's tons of fans out there that feel that they were super, super, like, had this great chemistry and flirtiness to begin with. And I think that's why they put, um, that's, I mean, from articles, that's why they say they put Jenny and Corbin together, is because they could fe- literally feel their chemistry. And there there have been so many instances of that in television where you're like, these people just have such good chemistry together as actors, we have to put them together. Yeah. You know, and that, that, happens, that happens all the time. And unfortunately, there are some actors where you put them together and you're like, meh, this is so much meh that we have to kind of, like, drive them apart. Yeah. Um, well, you and I could go back and forth on this for a lot longer, but I want to talk about some new, some what, some some rumors and possibilities that Franklin we could Stein both get so excited about because episode eleven uh, airing on February nineteenth is called Kindred Spirits. Hey, Franklin Stein, Franklin Stein. Franklin Stein's you know, monster. You know what's funny? Yeah, Franklin Stein's <laughs> You know what's funny, though? While I was watching this episode, before I actually read that that interview that said that Franklin Stein's coming back, I was like, where is Franklin Stein? And I'm like, oh, okay, he's Well, there's back. like a monster con, if it's like a uh, Sleepy Con 2016, I, of course Franklin Stein's coming. I love this idea. I just love this idea. Yeah. Because I'm hoping they do something super duper, like, cheesy with it, like they did, like they do on this show Yeah, all the so time. With, with all that, let's do, let's do some predictions. I think it's predictions time. Yeah. And now... Your AfterBuzz TV I think we can still consider Joe Corbin a member of a demon sect. Yeah, I think so. And He's a werewolf. If you when think to go. Of, oh, when to go. They're very different. You yeah. need to know when to go. Um, sorry, we're not getting on that pun train again. Uh, I think that with all of the demons in Sleepy Hollow... You could guess that because they're being called by Pandora, a hidden one might be able to c- command them, and Joe Corbin might be able to be commanded by the hidden one. Ooh, I would love to see that. I've I've wanted since Joe came back him to re to like hit his when to have Wendigo the Wendigo come back in some form. I thought for a moment when he got when they they did the, the him getting shot fake out, I thought he was gonna the Wendigo Joe was gonna like come around the corner. Um, like they shot him and he turned into the Wendigo instead yeah. of dying. He still might have. He still might have turned into the Wendigo to beat those two guys up. You never know. They didn't show it. That's yeah, true. I don't think that's what they did. Um, just how they did the like his clothes were and intact. It was, there was a shot, and that's why she thought that he had died because she heard a shot. True. So. Um, but I still would love to see that return. Um, for him to have to struggle with that because that was one of the things that was so interesting about the character and I think it would add an extra dynamic yes. to the team that, that we de- sort of need right now. We need right. more more problems for this team to run into uh, besides just having a character dead, not dead. Um, so yeah, so I, I mean, I think that we're going to see uh, we're, we're going to see Abby like have to like break through the tree I think that I, I think that face is going to be Abby in some way. Yeah, I think so too. That we saw the face in the tree. I think it's I think it's somehow related to Abby. And I'm also wondering because it's like we see her in this space that kind of look, looks like it could be the bottom of a tree, but I'm hoping that it's something bigger where she has to go through like different like a labyrinth or something, something very interesting. I, I think I would be just annoyed if it was just like, oh, Abby comes out of the tree. You know, I I want to see I want to see her like maybe face different things. Yeah, it, it adds an extra dynamics. Yeah, I, I would love to see parallels like of Abby struggling without 
Crane and Crane struggling without Abby. I think that that could be a very interesting thing for them to do now that we like know what like more or less like we know that she's in a place. Right. We I we I think we can assume it's it's the hell. The underworld. Yeah. Yeah, the underworld or hell. You could you Hades. could also say that that's not her and her body at all. You could say that that's only her soul that we're seeing. Yeah. And her soul is going through trials to absorb all the power that was sealed within her and the tree cuz it was in Jenny taken out of Jenny and put into the rocks and hidden one wanted to wanted to basically download all the power into himself. Then she's sealed within this tree with all of that energy. And if basically it's just her soul is trapped in the tree while it absorbs all this energy, she's going through trials of trying not to fall apart as she's absorbing all this power. I mean, we could get Abby coming out of that tree being very powerful and then having to use all that power to destroy Pandora or something in the end and then reverting back to normal. Yeah, I And we love- know Pandora is supposed to be looking for Abby or some such because she has that conversation with the hidden one where he tells her she basically has to go and get rid of Abby. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I feel like there might be some sort of confrontation happening there. And I, I'm also interested in how that happens because of the, the level of special effects that would come with that, too. I love I love the special effects when they do them on this show, so it would be interesting to see what kind of world building they can do with Abby kind of like wandering around in this crazy netherworld. I would love to see an, a, a prediction, hopeful prediction. I don't know if it's going to come true. Since the box broke and theoretically things like yes. have sprung out... I want headless back. Yes, headless Bring needs to come headless back. back to Sleepy Hollow. I shouldn't Sleepy have Hollow. to. I shouldn't have to say that. I shouldn't have to say bring the headless horseman back to Sleepy Hollow. The headless horseman should just be Sleepy Hollow. Yes, maybe he'll writers. Be at, maybe and he'll Johnny be at the Depp. demon. He'll be at the demon convention. Christopher. Walken. That's what I'm saying. Like, if all these demons are converging, if we're getting Franklin Stein back, if we're getting, if we get like the Wendigo Joe back, if. All these, if anything comes back, it should be headless. I'm also excited for for the demon convention because I want it to be like like the super nerdy colonial times restaurant where it's like everybody comes together and they you have like You think it's actually going to be a convention, yeah. like a gathering yeah. where it's they're chatting? S- SDDC yes. 2016. They have a, they San have Diego a, Demon Con they have, a, yes. they have a seminar, like yep. how to deal with the witnesses. Yes. yes. That's what I want. Witness weak want. points 101. Yes. <laughs> Get you, them could, apart. They're stronger together. Trust me. <laughs> Trigger warning. I'm going to talk about the witnesses here. <laughs> so if this if this is a microaggression to any of you <laughs> lesser demons, um, if you want to leave the room or if you self-identify as a major demon, you can stay. I, 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 I will, and then there I, are autographs, like maybe Headless is signing autographs at one of the booths. Yeah, or something. please, please, no questions for no questions for Headless about August Corbin. It's a touchy subject. They met up. They met up in hell. It got real awkward. If you're okay. taking pictures with the succubus, you can't touch the succubus. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I think that's iTunes, gonna do guys, it. Guys, go to iTunes, yeah, rate and I, review, comment. Yeah, thank you guys so much for for those of you who did take the time to uh, rate and review on iTunes. I think we got uh, over the break. I think we got we got it. We got one I love review. This comment that says episode nine, a new and tentative hope. I like that. That's yeah, clever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and as we do, we give you a shout out. It's like tis, uh, that was Lana Vase, um, frequent listener here at AfterBuzz. Here's hoping the second half of the season doesn't disappoint as badly as second season does. Even if it does disappoint, I'm sure this panel won't. Aww, Thank you very much, thanks. Lana Vase. And that's that's gonna do it for us here at Sleepy Hollow After Show. Stephen Lemieux. Until next week, where can everyone keep up with you? You guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux. S T 
T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-U-X, as well as doing the Lucifer After Show, which is another Fox show that deals with supernatural demon thingies and cases and cops. Uh, Mondays at 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then Better Call Saul is coming back Tuesday. Yeah. Not this Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. After we've seen Deadpool. <laughs> After you've yeah. seen Deadpool. I, I'm not sure why those two correlate, I but I don't yes. know, because I'm excited about Deadpool. <laughs> Jackie Borowski. You can find me, 123jackieb.com, on my website, and that's where all my Twitter, Instagram, blog, etc. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram and, and now on YouTube as well at that Zach Wilson where I'm doing on YouTube I'm doing some TV uh, questions and answers and stuff like that. Uh, and you can also find me here at AfterBuzz on the Grim After Show, Agent Carter, Muppets, Better Call Saul next week with Stephen Lemieux. So many places. Guys, I'm Zach Wilson. Thanks for geeking out with us. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.